Hallelujah. Um, I, I want you to know, I don't use props because I don't know what to say. <laughs> you know, it's not like it's a crutch, okay? I, I'm believing that it helps emphasize and helps make clarity, okay? So, um, and um, I see in pictures is what I see in. I see in pictures always. And, um, you know, the big red dog, I don't see T-H-E-B-I-G-R-E-D-D-O-G. I see in pictures, like you as well. You know, when I say the big red dog, you see a big red dog. So I always think if we can give you a picture of what to picture, it helps emphasize it even better. Amen? Not that anybody that doesn't have to use props isn't doing their job. It's just what helps me. Okay. I, I, I just, I think it's from the other day, pastor said something about how I, he was given his testimony at, at um, CR and he made a comment of working in the youth department for how many years did you say? Five years, he said. And I turned to somebody sitting beside me. I said, make that 35. Because I'm still working in the youth. Amen. One of these days, I'm going to be too old to be working in the youth. But so far, it's working out okay. Amen. Praise the Lord. I got to pray over the word because I messed it up. Hallelujah. Father, we are grateful for this service. We're thankful. Father, we serve notice on the demonic forces that this service belongs to Jesus. He is the king and he is the Lord. It is his plan and his way that are fully going to accomplish what he desired today. We give you praise and we give you thanks that our hearts right now are turned upward. Our eyes to see you, our heart right now to know you, our ears to hear you. And Father, we give you praise and we give you thanks that today's service is without interference, interruption, or distraction. And I give you the honor and I give you the glory. Use me to do exactly what you want to do today. I subject myself entirely to you in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Pastor's been talking for several weeks on faith, so I want to go um, to 1 John chapter 5, verse number 4, where he's been going each week, and it says, whatever's born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that overcomes the world, our faith. So our victory is our faith. So if we don't have faith, we don't have victory. Because our victory is in our faith. Now, we have to remember what faith is. Faith is confidence, assurance, trust, reliance, dependence on God. So if we don't have any reliance on God, we're not going to have a victory. If we're not depending on God, we're not going to have a victory. If we're not relying on God, we're not going to have a victory. If we're not fully convicted about the things of God, we won't have a victory. Now, for some of us, that's a yes, we get that. For some of us, that's, oh, I think there's another way. But as a child of God, we need to settle it that the way to the victory, the way to the life God wants us to live is by depending on him. It has to be by depending on him. The world operates on enticements and alluring people to think there's another way to victory. But I can tell you this. Many that look like victory on the outside are not victorious on the inside. Because it didn't come from dependence on the Lord. It didn't come from an assurance in God. What we want is to have the victory, which what is victory? Victory can be summed up by saying this, the life God wants us to have. The life God wants us to have. Now, understand this. God is always good. His goodness is running after us, right? We sang that today. He is always good because some people, if they're not educated properly in who God is, are concerned about the fact 
of um, giving your entire life to God. Well, what if he wants this? Or what if he wants that? Or what if he wants this? Or what if he does this? Remember, God is always good. He is always good. And you can't even imagine the life God wants for you. Now, remember this. Heaven is a place of no sin, no sickness, no pain, no struggle. And that is the mind and the heart of the Father for us. So it's not like he's going to make us suffer here to give us that later on. He would like to get as much of heaven into your life now as you are able to receive. Amen. So with that being said, I want to go first off to Romans chapter 12, verse 3. Romans 12, 3. And um, I'm just going to go through some basic I don't know if you want to say foundations of faith or something like that. This is the way I learned about faith in God. Okay? All right. It says in Romans 12, 3, it says, For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. He's given to everyone a measure of faith. Now, um, we know last week, Pastor Jerry told us about the mustard seed. It only takes a mustard seed of faith. So it's not about how much faith we have as much as a mustard seed. And agriculturally, they refer to a mustard seed as a plant that cannot be cross-pollinated with any other plant. The mustard seed cannot be deviated. You know, we get tangalos and we get all kinds of weird fruits and stuff because they've mixed this with this and out, out comes this. But a mustard seed is not that kind of, of uh, uh, produce. It can't be modified with anything else. So what that tells me is if we have faith as a mustard seed that can move mountains, it's because it is a pure faith, untainted with anything else. So we don't have dependence in God added with a little uh, assurance of the world. That's not mustard seed faith. We don't have a conviction toward God, but dependence on the world. That's not mustard seed faith. And mustard seed faith will work to move a mountain. Okay, so it says here, though, that God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. This word measure is an instrument of quantity or availability. I have a measuring spoon here. Right now, there's nothing in it. But what could I measure in it? I could measure flour, sugar, seeds, dirt. I don't have a dirt prop today. <laughs> Amen. You can measure anything in this. So what this cup is, it is a container that has the potential of measuring out a cup. Right? All right. So if it says he dealt to everyone a measure of faith, that means what he gave to each one of us is a capacity for faith. He gave us potential to have faith. So we understand that just as this measuring cup can hold flour, we can be a vessel of faith. We have the potential of faith. It's not saying he handed out everyone the same amount. What he's saying here is I gave everyone the potential of living and walking by faith. Everyone has the opportunity. Everyone has the capacity of the faith it will take to live this life to the fullest. You and I, each one, have the capacity to get the life of God by faith. We have the potential for faith. We have 
within us because God has dealt it to us or given it to us, we have an ability waiting to measure out the faith. All right. Now, sometimes the, the part that gets difficult and a lot of this, this message today is maybe about faith misunderstandings. Okay. Because you can take this scripture and say, well, God's given me a measure of faith. I got faith. I can do it. No, God's given you the potential to have faith. There's much difference between potential and ability. Potential is the possibility of ability, but ability is ability. Right? You know, there is a lot of people that have never been to the Olympics that had the potential to be an Olympic qualifier. There's a lot of fallow ground out there that has the potential of growing a crop. And what the difference is, is potential requires activity, grooming, preparation, training. Are you hearing what I'm saying? See, all of us have the potential of fully depending on God. But not all of us have the ability yet of fully receiving all things from God. And what we're going to have to do is we're going to have to turn our potential into ability. We're going to have to change what is possible into manifestation. We're going to have to change what could be into it is. And what happens because we hear this, we sometimes get um, stumbled or tripped up on the fact that, well, I have the potential of faith. Now, God, take it over. What is why isn't God doing something? Because it's up to you and me to change our potential into ability. It's up to you and me to take the capacity we have for faith and change it into real, live, active faith. Are you hearing what I'm saying? All right. So potential is possibility, but does not guarantee current ability. You know, God needs our involvement He gave us with free choice. And the reason he gave us for a free choice is because he wanted connection, not just control. And so what that means is he gave us potential, but it's going to require connection to turn potential into ability. Otherwise, he's just in control. How many of you notice that sometimes we want God to control us where we're in a dark path or we need a miracle or anything like that. We want God to just take it over and do it. And God's saying, no, I've invited you into dependence on me, assurance on me, um, resting on me because I need your involvement to bring about the manifestation. Amen. Amen. So we are a container for faith, but it takes something of our part to make our vessel faithful. Amen? So, um, if, and in fact, if you looked at 2 Thessalonians 3.1, it says that not everyone has faith. Well, it's because they've taken their potential and have not yet converted it and into that, you go on to verse two, let's see, second Thessalonians. This is one of those scriptures I pray over you every day. And then it goes on after and verse two, it says, I got to get you second Thessalonians, the second thistles. All right. Um, it says in verse two, we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men for not all have faith. So we can't go off with the fact that everybody's got faith. 
It said right there in 2 Thessalonians 3, 2, not everybody has faith, okay? Everybody that's born again has the potential of having faith, okay? But not everyone develops it, okay? So we have to figure out how to become faithful. All right, so let's get started. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. This is the Bible definition of faith. And it says here that faith is two things. Faith is substance and faith is evidence. It's substance of things hoped for, and evidence of things not seen. So substance in this passage means that which has foundation, a firm trust and assurance. Faith is the foundation of firm trust and assurance, and it's also evidence, which is proof and conviction. So what we have to do is we have to take this potential we have for having faith and turn it into our firm foundation, our assurance, proof and conviction of things we can't even see. We have to get this so it has substance and evidence. Then we know it's faith when it has proof and conviction. But it says that Faith is the substance of things hoped for. So we have to understand that all faith must begin with hope. Every faith must begin with hope. And what hope is, hope is a picture. This is what I want it to see. This is what I want it to be. I have here, besides a rubber band, I have here, some of you have seen something like this. Some of you may have not. Is this going to fall apart or is it hooked together? It's hooked together. Thank you. Okay. Some of you may know what these are. This is a whole set. And what this is, this is probably the, uh, if I rip it, I'll buy them, okay? No, I won't. That'll work. So what is this right here? It's really faint. It's what? It's a house plan. There, is that better? Does that make more sense? It's a house plan. It's a blueprint, right? Um, and there's different pages of the blueprint. This is, this is probably mostly framing blueprints, correct? Floor, joists. Things like that, where the windows are going to go, go your way. You might have prettier pictures. I don't know, but they're really big. There we go. There we go. Now can you see it? Okay. It's a house plan. Is this the house? What is this? It's a picture. It's a blueprint. It's a blueprint of the house, right? This is what the house is going to look like when it's done. But it is not the house. I can't fold this paper into the shape and live in it. Right? It has no effect on being manifestation. Unless I put ability to the picture I've got. Right? It's a blueprint. This is just what my expectation is. Another definition of the word hope is expectation. This is my expectation of this house. This is what's going to look like. And what happens is sometimes we substitute a blueprint and think it is already reality. Okay, and this is, this is the thing to know. This word of God... This word of God, what the word of God is, is a blueprint for your life. It's the blueprint for your life. And what this word of God does is create in us an expectation of life possible. Life possible. Life possible. The possibilities of family. 
the possibilities of health, the possibilities of financial provision, the possibilities of social things, the possibilities. It's filled with possibilities. And so what this word of God does in our heart creates a blueprint of the possible, of what I want it to look like. What do you want your family to look like? What do you want your body to feel like? What do you want relationships to be like? You have to start with a blueprint. And that's why we always say, find your promise. Because the promise is going to be able to create a blueprint. It will create a blueprint. It will create a picture. And as I go through this word of God, it will turn the pages on all my blueprints. And he'll say, now you need to work on your love walk. If you want that to happen, there's different pages in this, I'm thinking. In uh, uh, blueprints, there's the mechanical blueprints where the heating and the air conditioning go. There's the framing blueprints of where the windows and the walls go. There's the flooring blueprints. There's all these pieces. And see, when we go through the word of God, God is trying to create within us an image of life possible. But with every page of blueprint turn, there's something else that has to be adjusted and fixed in our mind. Okay, he, the blueprint might say, you're going to have to watch what you're saying to bring that to pass. It might be you're going to have to do this to bring this to pass because all this is is a picture. The word of God is to create a picture within our heart, a blueprint of possibility. It's there to create that in our heart. Can you take this for me? Thank you. It creates, it creates a possibility. But what happens is because the longer I study those prints, the more I can see the house. The more I can see the house. The more and more I study those blueprints, things get clearer to me. Okay, I can now imagine sitting in that living room and knowing there's a window there, there's a window there. And as I keep Studying those blueprints, one day I realize, oh, and this is the color of the carpet. And then one day I'm thinking on it some more, and I can see how the furniture is placed. See, but it's all just a picture because I don't have substance to it yet. I don't have evidence of it yet. All I have is a picture in my heart and mind as intended by the Lord. Because the potential for faith is in me, but it has to start with just a picture. The situation sometimes happens to us. We get the picture and expect God is just going to all do it all. I know what he intends. I know what he wants. So do it, God. And I'll sit here and wait. What builders, let me say it this. What creators of a house say I drew the picture now it's got to happen and do nothing what happens is we don't take the time with the picture in order to give it enough substance for it to produce the house we have to keep going find that good picture again for me honey Thank you. We have to keep we have to keep envisioning this. We have to keep imagining this. We've got to keep seeing this. We got to keep going over and over it in our minds because the blueprints is the hope of a house. It's the hope of a house, but it is not the house. There is going to have to be something put into this in order to bring this to pass. I can't go out to the piece of property and throw this down and say, there, there's your house. <laughs> it's going to take some building materials. It's going to take some effort. 
it's going to take lots of components to get this blueprint to be a house. And so we have to understand when we find a promise in the word of God, it's going to take some building materials. It's going to take some muscle. It's going to, let me say it this way. It's going to take some obedience. It's going to, it's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort and energy to make this become my life. Amen. Hallelujah. I'll just lay this here. Okay. I told you if I wreck them, I'll buy them. Hallelujah. So praise the Lord. So the word of God as the blueprint is the plan, the idea, or the promise for life. It is not the manifestation. And we can't stop with just having a promise. We can't stop with just having an image. We can't stop with just having an idea or a plan or a picture. That does not have substance to keep me out of the rain. That does not have manifestation of what is available in here. But just because I know a promise does not mean I'm receiving that promise. Just because I know what this says does not mean it's happening in my life. The word of God tells us to walk in love. Okay? That's in here, but I can tell you from day to day, that ain't happening here. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? It's, it says it right here, but it sometimes doesn't happen here. So there, just like any other promise, it's in here, but it may not be happening here. Okay? So we have to understand that is just a picture of it. Okay, now let's go over to Romans 8. Has anybody ever told you how much Pastor Jerry likes Romans 8? Amen. Romans 8, verse number 24 and 25. It says, for we were saved in this hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. So these blueprints are my hope. When I get the house built, I don't need these papers anymore. Right? I don't need those papers because it's manifestation. I've got it. But notice that hope is something not yet seen. These blueprints are, this house is not yet seen. Okay? So we have to understand that it's going to require in us eagerly waiting for it with perseverance. In order to get this picture to reality, it's going to require perseverance. But the longer I study the blueprint, the more I can envision the house. The longer I study it, the more I can imagine the house. The more I study it, the more I can envision it. The more I labor over it, the more I can imagine it. That's why the word of God is the key component in your faith. Because you are trying to build the life that the word of God tells you is possible. And I want you to know that just as um, uh, there is a contractor creator of this house... There is a contractor creator of this word, and it's not the pastor. It's not our responsibility to bring this to pass in your life. It is your responsibility because God didn't give us a measure of faith for you. He gave you a measure of faith for you. Amen? Hallelujah. Now let's go over to Hebrews 6, 19. We're going to have to speed this up. Come on, turn pages faster, peoples. Amen. It says, this hope we have, this blueprint we have 
as an anchor for the soul. So what that tells me is on the days I think it's never going to happen. It's not going to work. I, you know, this, th- I can go back to the blueprint that reassures me, no, you're going to have that house. You're going to have that house. So this hope is an anchor. These promises are made to be an anchor for your mind, your will, and your emotions. If I was standing in the midst of the field where this house is to be built and I'm holding that blueprint and they're saying, no, it's not going to happen. It can't be done. It will not happen. I say, no, here's the picture of it. Here's the blueprint. You're trying to get me in doubt and unbelief, but I already have the picture. And it anchors my soul. To say, no, I have the picture of what this life is going to look like. I have the picture of pain-free. I have the picture of whatever it may be. You know, at one time in my life, I had to get a picture of weight loss. I had to get a picture of that. You know, you have to get pictures of things you want. Amen. You have to get blueprints of it. But this hope, this picture is an anchor of the soul. means it will keep it in position. Now remember, faith starts with hope. So you need a picture you can anchor your emotions to of health. You need a picture you can anchor your mind to. You've got to have a picture you can anchor your will to. No, this is the way it is going to be in my life. And then it says you stick with it with perseverance to get that picture to come to pass. Hallelujah. You know, and we have to understand that what we're trying to do is get this alive on the inside of us. And one of the ways to get it alive inside of us is by a thing called meditation. And the meditation is is, uh, defined as muttering it to yourself, talking it to yourself. Joshua 1.8, when um, Joshua was commanded to meditate on this word day and night, day and night, you know. And so there has to be this meditation. Now, the word meditation literally means to roar or growl to groan, but it's talking about uttering, muttering, and speaking. Now, I want to give you this example because this this hope that is built by the word of God, this hope, this blueprint, I've got to keep muttering and speaking speaking it because it's doing this anchoring in my soul. It's making it stronger and firmer in my soul. And I've got to keep speaking about the blueprint. I've got to keep speaking about this written word. Because every time I talk about it, it gets clearer in here. It gets clearer in here. Oh, and without that word, this word going in, then I make assumptions about how it's going to happen. Then I make assumptions about um, and presumptions about it. But I've got to keep speaking this word. Speaking this word in Hebrews 4.12, you can just back up a little bit. It says the word of God, the written word of God, this word is living and powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, piercing even the division of soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So this word going into me is creating this picture more and more clearly, but it's also doing some things on me. If I keep muttering this word, this word is living and powerful and sharp like a sword. So this word of God, if I keep speaking it, is going into me and it's dividing soul and spirit. It's dividing what is emotional and what is truth. It's dividing that. That's why I got to keep taking this word in. I got to keep meditating on it because it's going to separate what's just my feelings at the moment and what is the spirit of truth. Then it also goes on then and it also will distinguish between what's joints and what's moral. 
So Joyce is about the connections I have, but marrow is what's producing my blood. And the life is in the blood. So he tells me, this is where you're feeding off just a connection or you're feeding off the life that's in you. Tells you, if you're trying to get something by connecting to someone or if you're getting something because the way God created your bone marrow to work to create your life. How many people call it faith when they nuzzle up beside you and say, you know, we haven't eaten for four weeks. Got any thoughts? See, that's connection. That's not bone marrow. That's connection. That's not bone marrow. Bone marrow produces life inside you. Connection produces life outside you. All right? And this is what the word of God will do is come in. These are just, these are um, faith things. And it also discerns the thoughts and intents of my heart. Because if I want to build this house so that um, I look like I'm something, this word going into me says, that is ridiculous. (laughs) Because that word going in clarifies my desires. It cleans my intentions. It cleans my motives. You know, I don't want to have pain so I can watch TV without hurting. Do you understand what I mean? See, this word of God going in clarifies the purposes. It clarifies the reasons. It clarifies all those things. All right? And so we got to keep taking that word of God in because it's a hope. It's an anchor. And what do we have to understand is we have to keep muttering and meditating on the word of God because we have to keep speaking. One of the things that happens many times is um, some people got around the... Um, Heard the word phrase, blab it, grab it. I don't know, remember what the rest of them were, you know, you know, whatever. And they got disheartened by it because it didn't work for them. But you have to understand when it comes to faith, that faith isn't, it's the word is not a declaration of faith until it's operating out of the overflow of your heart. It's got to be out of the overflow. And the reason for meditation, you begin to speak to yourself the word of God. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. It's like this. It's like this is you. Now, you you on the other side are going to struggle a little bit seeing this. But this is you. And this is a container. So you go to and you go start saying, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I'm meditating and I'm muttering and speaking. it. It fills me up. But notice. It hasn't changed anything around me. I said it once. Why didn't it happen? Because you haven't got any overflow yet. You haven't, you haven't got enough of it working in you to change your surrounding. Now, this word is living and powerful and sharp, but the first thing it's going to be applied to is your own heart before it's applied to the circumstances around you. So I say it again, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I make a declaration again. You know what? By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. This infirmity has to bow. And the fuller I get, the more of the word comes alive and real within me. But then I have a day where I've left the anchor of my soul aside. This is never going to happen. I'm trying to get this to overflow. I'm trying to get this to overflow. Nothing like that ever happens for me. We're wishy-washy. One day, by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. I don't think it's necessary to watch the words of my mouth. Jesus bore my infirmities. But I've had this one a long time. Jesus, by your stripes, I'm healed. But does that really include me? You see what I'm talking about? 
because we're trying to get that living and powerful word to have an impact on us. And the way we do it is getting to the overflow with that word. And so we keep muttering it. We keep meditating it. We keep after it. Okay. And then what happens is one day by the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And somebody comes and says something. The doctor comes and gives you a diagnosis. Jesus bore my infirmities, carried my diseases. Something else comes. He sent his word to heal me and deliver me from all my distresses. Hallelujah. And this affliction will not arise another time. And you keep going on it and you keep going at it and you keep going at it. By the stripes of Jesus, I'm healed. And pretty soon what happens, it overflows. And in that overflow, it completely changes our surroundings. But we got to stay with it, with that word that is muttered and creating that picture, creating that picture. Because once is not enough to make a declaration. Once is not enough, and it's got to get to overflowing that it has effect on our surroundings, and everything around us will change then. Amen? And all that that was towery and heavy begins to biodegrade. <laughs> Amen? But that's the way it works. We have to keep muttering over this promise. We have to keep speaking this promise, keep talking this promise, keep going over and over it. Hallelujah. Getting it in our heart, getting it. Because the first speakings we do with declaration is just to fill our heart with it. But if we will continue to speak it, it will get an overflow. Romans 10, 10 says, with the heart one believes and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. When there is a confession with no heart believing, you'll have no result. You need the heart to be full of believing and the mouth to be able to speak it. All right? And, you know, the thing of it is some people like to say, well, I don't think words are that important. Have you ever tried that with your spouse? (laughs) If you ever said, I don't like the way you do this. You know, I think you're a rotten, good for nothing, blah, 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 blah. And you say, I don't think words really matter. We know they matter in the natural realm. How much more would they matter in an unseen realm? See, if you think words don't matter, it's because you're not consciously aware that there is things in the unseen realm waiting to do your bidding according to your words. Words matter. How many of you had a difficulty this week by what somebody said? Whether it's the news, the kids, the words matter. Words matter, all right? Words matter when we're talking about getting a promise fulfilled. Amen? Hallelujah. And our talking is helping to change our picture into substance. Our talking is doing that. Our talking is working on our heart. I want to go back to Hebrews 6.19 now. And look at this. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul. So we know the picture, the blueprint is an anchor of the soul. And we keep muttering and talking it because it's giving more and more clarity to the picture within us. And then it says this. And this hope enters the presence behind the veil. Hope is what takes you into the presence of God. Now I'm going to say something here. We need to understand There is no faith without presence. There is hope without presence, but there's no faith without presence. Because you can have a picture based on this word of God of what it's supposed to look like and sitting and waiting for that picture to happen, but it says that hope goes into the presence behind the veil. So what I need to understand, if I have no presence time, all I've got is a picture of what could be. But I don't have faith to bring it into manifestation. Hallelujah. Our hope of that promise will take us into the presence. And the reason it's important is Because in the presence of God is where you get 
personalized instruction of how to build. See, your faith isn't something cloned like everyone else's. Your faith is personally how God works with you. And so if I don't spend any time in the presence, I don't have any personal one-on-one direction of how to build this thing. Because he may say, the first thing you need to do is forgive sister so-and-so. Well, it doesn't say that in the It does in the blueprint, but now it's become personal instruction to you if you want this house. Because what we're trying to do is position you into the place of full manifestation. He may say, you know what? You need to sow this seed into this person's life. What does that have to do with my blueprint? Maybe nothing, but it has everything to do with the personal instructions that you can walk by faith on. Because when you hear a personal instruction from the Lord, nothing can take it from you. Nothing can take it from you. And it's in that place of presence where we get what's called rhema. That it's not just a picture generic, a picture for the masses, but now it's become a personal manifestation, a personal word, an opportunity that I know this is supposed to be mine. It's in that presence. And it's, it's sad, but what most people do is avoid presence, but have a picture, and then what happens is they change their doctrine. Change their doctrine. Well, well, God said this right here. Okay, I see he said that right there, but what did he say right here? What did he say right here? Because just that he said it here gave me a blueprint of possibility, but what he said right here is unshakable substance to me. Is everybody doing okay? It's unshakable substance to me. See, because if faith starts with hope and hope goes into the presence, we absolutely cannot have faith without time and presence. There is a million excuses for why something didn't work, but it usually comes back to that one right there. They did not hear a rhema word about what they needed to do next. They didn't hear, is it time for the roof? Is it time for the foundation? They didn't hear if it was time for windows or the windows were the wrong size. They didn't hear that that's not going to work or that is going to work. See, they got, because they didn't spend any time in presence, they didn't get any corrections to their picture. They didn't get any details of a how-to. Okay, and so what we have to understand is the value of presence to walk by faith because it is where we will get the the um, personal instructions. Uh, We need to understand that a lack of faith to accomplish something is only a symptom. The cause is lack of personal instruction about it. The lack of faith is just a symptom of not having any word from the presence, not having any rhema, that word that breathed into you concerning this. And what happens is we run helter-skelter trying to take care of things and take care of business and obligation because I want this kid to serve the Lord and I want this teacher to do this right and I want this to do this right and I want this to do this right. Stop. Get in the presence of the Lord. Get a personal instruction And the blueprint will work. We run ourselves ragged trying to fix what we should be able to just put our faith on and bring into manifestation. Hallelujah. 
And, but it's in the presence where we get the rhema word from God, that word that was breathed into us. And you know the interesting thing? I can stand here in church and get a rhema word breathed into me and Jerry not even hear it. He doesn't even know it. And he's standing right next to me. Okay? Because it's personal. It's the way God speaks to me. It's the way God knows me. He knows the next thing to do. If faith without corresponding actions is dead, we go and invent corresponding actions where all along we could spend time in the presence and tell us what corresponding action that is. Because anything else is nothing more than presumption. Hallelujah. We want the corresponding action that's made clear only from the presence of the Lord. In fact, go over to Romans 10, 17. Romans 10, 17 says this. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. The Greek word for hearing here is other places translated instruction. Faith comes from an instruction. And the instruction comes by the word of God. Now, interesting enough is that word, word of God, is not in reference to this. Faith doesn't come. This is the blueprint. It must start with this. This is where you're going to find your promise. This is where it begins, right here. Faith is going, to, is going to be initiated right here, but it doesn't come and produce manifestation except for by the rhema word of God. So what that tells me is faith comes when I spend time in the presence and he breathes a personal word to me. And we tried to substitute this word, which this is infallible. I'm not taking away from this. This is the infallible word of God. You cannot have a right picture without this. So what we have to understand is this will create a picture. But in the presence of God, when I hear from him, I've got faith. So without the presence, without that rhema word, I don't have faith. What I've got is a supposition of how it's supposed to work. But I haven't spent any time in the presence to get a rhema word from God that's going to anchor me in the way that I know it's manifesting. Back in Hebrews 11.1, 1, it said, now faith is the substance. See, faith is always now. Hope is always future. And many times, we, you can hear it in our own tone. When we say, are you healed? Well, I know God's doing going to do something. No, God already did something. See, faith is now. Hope is future. Well, one day, someday, eventually, see, as long as you're pushing it out there as future, you don't have faith yet. Because future is only hope. This is a future house. But one day when I walk through the door, now I've got the manifestation. And what God wants us to do is hear that rhema word from God that will adjust the way we think, that we're not putting off till tomorrow what he's already paid for us to have today. Now, now we've got it. And all of this, you think about all of this, um, where, did, where does the rhema come from? Where does rhema come from? It says it comes from instruction from God. Instruction. So I need rhema, I need rhema revelation. I need a breathed word from God on me in order to bring something into manifestation. But where is that going to come? It's going to come from personal instruction from God, okay? So when does, how do I get personal instruction? Well, it comes in his presence. So how do I get into the presence? Keeping the blueprint of hope alive, keeping these promises alive. I can enter into behind that veil where the presence of God is. So how did I even get the blueprint? I looked in this word of God to find it. 
So I look in this word, it creates a blueprint. Then with that, I take that blueprint into the presence of God. I get an instruction. It gives me a revelation. Now I got it. Now I got it. I got it. I got it. He said something to me in the presence that I was in. He said something to me personally that can't be altered, can't be changed, can't be shifted. Now, my anchor took me into the presence, and in the presence, I heard something that all hell can break loose. I'm immovable on it. And that's what happens. But that's the moment of faith. That's the moment of faith. Not when I saw a blueprint. That wasn't faith. It wasn't even faith when I entered into the presence. The faith was when I got an instruction in the presence. That's when faith was manifesting. And you think about all of this. This is all about words because we're talking about the unseen. It's all about words. It's all about words and our words working against the natural flow of things, working against the natural flow of things. I have here just one little prop. We're going to let you go here. This is a balloon. You can tell that. What will happen when I let this balloon go? Go up or down? (laughs) Okay, let me help you out. This balloon, why did it go down? What's the law that we would say makes everything go down? Can, you, can any of you see gravity? Nobody can see gravity. The law of gravity makes this go down. If I had a hammer and dropped it, where would it go? Probably faster just because it's heavier, right? It goes down. I can't see gravity. I just know everything goes down. I can't see, I can't see words. I can't even see worldly spirits, but I know when I live them, takes you down. Everything takes you down. Now, I have another balloon here. Two balloons, roughly the same size, okay? Now, um, this one, I'm going to tell you, has helium in it. What's going to happen to it? How do you know? Helium's lighter. How did you know there's helium in here? What was that again, Connie? I said so. There's helium in it. One goes up, one goes down. Same capacity in both balloons. Same capacity in both balloons, roughly the same shape. But this is a deal here. This one you knew was going up just because of what I said. Just because of what I said. You couldn't see my words. You just trusted I told the truth and it had a different effect. So why is it when God says, by the stripes of Jesus, you are healed, Do we struggle with that and still go like this? See, he wants to get it that his word is enough. But it's going to be that word in the presence of God. When he says, my word says that your house is filled with blessings. My word says your family is made right. You know, those words. But see, it's not just the fact that I have a balloon. Not just that I have a picture, but what am I taking time to fill the picture with? What am I taking time with that picture? Because if you can believe something about these balloons just based on my word, you certainly ought to believe something about your life based on God's word. Right? It was just my word that had you convinced it was going up. Hallelujah. It's just God's word. You have, to, you have to be anchored to the word of God and let it begin to start and produce what it needs to produce. 
Amen? Hallelujah. The words. So you start off muttering words to yourself. And you start off with his word. Let me say this again. You start off with his word, getting a blueprint. Then you start muttering that blueprint into your heart through your words. Then it becomes an overflow. Then you go into the presence of the Lord and you hear his word. And then you have faith that makes all things possible. Not until you've gotten that personal word. Otherwise, it's just an assumption. You need that personal word in the presence of God. Did you get something here today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch the video of this message, head over to vimeo.com forward slash WO victory or go to Jerry Roberts ministry on Roku. For more information about who we are and what we do here at Order Victory, check out the website at wovictory.org. That's wovictory.org. See you there.